Hi, I'm Dr. Alex Capano, Chief Science Officer at Ecofiber and Ananda Health. And Femtech to me is finally the answer to three areas where women have been left out, tech, science, and entrepreneurship. So really happy to be here. Welcome to Femtech Focus with Dr. Brittany Barreto, exploring the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. Welcome to the Femtech Focus podcast, where we have meaningful and provocative conversations with femtech experts. These academics, doctors, and innovators tell us about the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. I'm your host, Dr. Brittany Barrado. In today's episode, I interview Dr. Alex Capano, the Chief Scientific Officer of Ecofiber. Ecofiber is a leader in the hemp-based products with over 20 years of growing and breeding experience. They own one of the largest collections of genetically diverse hemp plants with over 300 land races of cannabis from over 25 countries. Industrial hemp refers to the non-psychoactive, meaning less than 1% THC, varieties of cannabis sativa. Over the years, hemp has been unjustly demonized due to its association with marijuana, but this good seed is shedding its bad name. As promising research and mass interest grows in what many are calling a miracle plant, hemp is making a comeback of global proportions. Ecofiber has several businesses it operates, including a hemp-based textile company and an over-the-counter health and wellness product line sold at your local pharmacy. This pharmacy brand is called Ananda Health. It's the leading pharmacy brand in the United States for hemp-derived CBD products. In fact, Ecofiber was the first hemp company to receive investigational new drug, or IND, authorization from the FDA for a clinical trial on hemp-derived CBD to treat chemotherapy-induced peripheral neuropathy. At Ecofiber, Dr. Alex champions the company's $40 million commitment to research to advance the clinical evidence of hemp research and trials focused on hemp-based CBD therapy. Fun fact, Alex is actually the first person to earn a PhD in cannabinoid science. She is currently researching CBD's effects on CIPN, sleep, anxiety, addiction, endometriosis, certain cancers, and cognitive decline. She has particular interest in women's health and has truly spearheaded research in CBD's effectiveness for all things gynecology, including intimate oils, flora balancing gels, and period pain. Check out these products at anandaprofessional.com. That's ananda, A-N-A-N-D-A, professional.com. Enjoy the episode. Hey, Alex. Welcome to the show. Hey, Brittany. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, This is a very exciting topic, um, and you're a very exciting human. I met you at a CBD conference. I actually was there because my boyfriend sells CBD at a pharmacy, and he was like, there's a whole section of women's health. You should come. And I was like, well, I have plenty of emails to send. I guess I'll come with him. And then he started talking about women's health and CBD, and I was like, oh, Oh, they have no idea who they let in the room. I'm about to just throw down some vagina like statistics here. Yes, <laughs> um, love vagina statistics. 
Just so I think you had your dog with you too, right? I did. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Audience knows Q well. He shows up at a lot of things. Um, well, thanks for letting me like, you know, show up in your con- your CBD conference. Um, but once I heard you speak, I was like, you have to be on the show. So let's kick off with your introduction. Our listeners want to know who you are. Where are you from? What did you study? Are you a, you're a doctor? So like, are you a PhD? Like, what was, did you already know you want to do women's health, CBD? Tell us a little bit about your 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 trailblazing story here. Okay. Well, I'll start with the easy part. I live in Philly, so I'm a Philadelphia woman, and I originally studied neuroscience and chemistry, and actually a little bit of English and business management because I just you know wanted to get three minors. Um, <laughs> And then uh, went back to school after a couple of years and became a nurse practitioner. So that was family practice. And you can probably hear my dog whining. I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, And so I was family practice, but I primarily focused on women's health. So I was the director of family planning in my clinic, Um, actually had a pediatric gynecology specialty clinic once a week. And reproductive health and specifically women's health became uh, really my favorite part of medicine. And then I went back to school again and got a doctorate. Um, And I chose to do all of my work on the science of cannabinoids, uh, CBD being one cannabinoid of many, many cannabinoids. And that... uh, was just something I was really interested in at the time because I felt like clinicians weren't uh, educated about it, focusing on it, and uh, we needed better research and better scientific leaders to bring legitimacy to something that seemed like it had a lot of therapeutic potential. At the time, there wasn't a market, but right when I was about to finish, I um, that was when CBD kind of became commercially available and legally uh, was federalized federally legal. Mm -hmm. So I was really in the right place at the right time. And then I joined Ecofiber very quickly and have been doing a lot of R&D and um, clinical trials with them for the last four years. So cool. So what year was it that you graduated that this kind of became a possibility? 2017. Yes. 2017. And a cannabinoid, just for our listeners' sake, is a, is like a molecule from a marijuana plant. Is that what a cannabinoid is? So not necessarily. It's a molecule that interacts with your endocannabinoid system. Uh, they are primarily found in cannabis plants, but you actually make your own cannabinoids in your body. So uh, we all have endogenous cannabinoids. They're neurotransmitters that we make, and then we can use uh, phytocannabinoids, plant-derived cannabinoids uh, from cannabis plants. Whoa, where else are cannabinoids? Cause I, I just honestly, I, I learn everything about the show on the show. I learned about my own menstrual cycle, my own vagina, my own breasts. And now I'm learning about weed. Um, so is cannabinoids come from other plants too? Or like, do, do our dogs have cannabinoids? Our dogs have an endocannabinoid system and they make their own cannabinoids too. Yes. So do our cats, um, pretty much any vertebrate and probably most invertebrates have, have the same system. And 
you can um, probably find some things that are arguably cannabinoids in other plants. So certain terpenes for one, for example, called beta-caryophylline, which is usually abundant in cannabis plants, is considered a terpene, but one could argue it's a cannabinoid because it interacts with your endocannabinoid system. And that is something you can find in other places. And then uh, people are even synthesizing cannabinoids from orange peels um, and certainly synthetic cannabinoids exist as well. My but goodness. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of the, the plant-derived ones. Yeah. And so how many cannabinoids does a cannabis plant have? Is there different types? Yes, there are many different types and uh, one plant may have uh, many, many cannabinoids and others may only have a few. It depends on genetics and agronomy and climate um, and when it's harvested, but there's over a hundred cannabinoids that exist potentially within the plant. Uh, and so is CBD a one type of cannabinoid? Yes. Okay. And so CBD and THC are both cannabinoids. Got it. Um, and they're the two most abundant typically in the plants. So mm -hmm. they get the most airtime um, and deservedly so, but they're also the most well-researched, well-understood, well-known, but they're, they're two of many. Oh, I have still have so many more questions um, and we're going to dive into it. <laughs> uh, but really quickly, can you tell us what is Ecofiber? You said you joined that, that organization. What, what do they do in R&D and CBD? What is that? So Ecofiber is a hemp biotech company or cannabis biotech company um, that was originally founded in Australia, but has since um, moved a lot of its operations to the US, but we exist on both continents. We have three arms under Ecofiber. One is Ananda Food, and that is about plant-based protein in Australia and probably Asia and maybe the US soon. Um, another is Hemp Black, and though that is hemp-derived textiles. So this is really high-performance textiles. It's not like your, you know, your scratchy hemp uh, poncho that, you know, you wore to Bonnaroo back in the day. It's, um, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's athleisure, it's medical devices, it's, um, really interesting, sustainable textiles and even industrial applications there actually, cause it's antimicrobial. Um, and then we have Ananda health, which is what you would typically think of. So that's your, cannabinoid nutraceutical arm of the company that makes, you know, CBD products and other cannabis-based products. Got it. Yeah. I um, actually got one of your little tote bags at your conference made out of hemp fiber and um, fans know I love, I love a good tote bag. I have way too many. I attend a lot of conferences, but that, <laughs> that bag is cool. It's very, that bag cool. is cool. And I'm so glad you got one. I'm a little jealous because I asked marketing, I said, can I take one of these? And they said, I'm not, not yet. <gasps> so I didn't get one. <laughs> Girl, we're going to get you one. We're totally going to get you one of your own. <laughs> bag. <laughs> Um, cool. So now, now we understand this organization you work for and they have a very big R and D right for CBD and health. And I think that, you know, we can talk a lot about health in general, but this is the Femtech focus show. And so mm -hmm. tell us what are some unique women's health issues that CBD could be used for? And is this like, we, they knew this back in Egyptian times and we're just reviving it. Or are we really making like brand new discoveries here? Great question because it's it's 
probably both. Mm-hmm. Um, we probably knew about it in ancient <laughs> yeah. history because cannabinoids were used really on every continent for all of documented human history. Um, but we, you know, had this lapse in the early 20th century where we forgot about it and then we banned it. And then now we're kind of coming back with, with modern technology to study it and I think rediscovering things that, yeah, we probably knew back in the day. But the applications in women's health are pretty profound and exciting and underrecognized because I mentioned the endocannabinoid system that we all have. And to just give a brief summary, it's made up of these receptors that exist all over your body and they help to maintain homeostasis or keep your body in balance. So they influence everything from mood, inflammation, immune response, um, your perception of pain and hormonal balance and fertility and reproduction and temperature control. And I could go on and on. Um, and these receptors, again, they're, they're found in most organs and organ systems, but they are abundant in female reproductive organs. So they modulate everything from hormonal balance, the menstrual cycle, um, even things like bone density changes in menopause, um, the uh, folliculogenesis, or so basically the maturation of eggs, the transport of eggs through the fallopian tubes, the implantation of a fertilized embryo into the uterus, um, and endometriosis, uh, very, very specifically. So it's, it's not only things that can help in gynecological disorders, but it's also something that can help for sexual health and pleasure. So we don't always have to talk about pain. We can talk about pleasure too. And I don't think we do that enough in women's health. And then even um, applications like beauty uh, for skincare and certainly um, some help with menopause or people who are maybe post-chemo and having some hormonal changes. So it's really an area that makes a lot of evidence-based scientific sense for, for cannabinoids. So, you know, my experience with CBD in like hearing about it is that it helps everything is kind of like the tagline. (laughs) It's what I've always Mm -hmm. heard. And as a scientist, I've always kind of been like, "Mm, okay, it helps everything. But the way you're describing it is that it's based on these receptors, these cannabinoid receptors. And if they are all over, then maybe they do, they can affect everything. Yeah. And you know, I, I like that you brought that up because I say, you know, the best way to delegitimize something and make it snake oil is to say it helps everything for everyone all the time. And that's not true, Um, but it does have, you know, multiple targets because of the system on which it works that exerts, you know, this myriad of effects throughout the body. Um, It doesn't mean we figured out how to, how to do it correctly in all of them, but I think there's vast uh, potential application And it's not going to help everyone all the time. Everyone has different endocannabinoid tone. They're going to respond a little bit differently. Um, And there's certainly things that it's not going to work for, or you don't need it. Like you don't need CBD in your mascara. It's not going to hurt you. (laughs) If you see an ad for CBD in your mascara, scroll past it. (laughs) Yeah. Just, you know, you don't need to spend the extra money on that because it's not going to do anything. Um, but in a, in a facial serum, sure. It can have some, some benefits. Same thing. Like it shouldn't be in a shampoo, but it could be in a scalp serum. You know, got to leave it on there. 
Yeah. Um, because, you know, in the startup world, there's buzzwords. And as an investor, we are always kind of weary of buzzwords. So when people say, we use blockchain, or we use AI, or we, mm. you know, whatever, you have to, then we ask, okay, why and how do you do that? You know? Um, and so what you're saying is like, if you see a CBD shampoo, ask if it's really about, if it's really should be a scalp serum than a shampoo, right? Kind of right. thing. Like a buzzword. Or like, what's right the point of CBD in that product? Yeah. Is it just yeah. a bandwagon gimmick yeah. or is it exactly. actually backed by, it has a purpose in there? Exactly. Um, so let's narrow down to the women's reproductive organs. So the uterus, okay. uh, the ovaries, these fallopian tubes, you said that um, CBD can affect fertility and endometriosis. And so my first question is if we have all these uh, cannabinoid receptors in our reproductive system. If I'm not taking a CBD supplement, let's say, um, how are those receptors being activated or stuff? Like, is est can estrogen play with them or like what? Uh, estrogen does play with them, but it's also those endo endogenous cannabinoids that we make ourselves in our own body. And it's a pretty complex system with a lot of you know, trafficking and signaling that varies um, and probably takes a multiple biochem degrees to understand fully. And to be honest, I don't think anybody really understands it fully yet. Yeah. Um, including me. But, um, I, you know, I think you even heard me say this because I'm kind of workshopping this, this metaphor, but I, CBD and other cannabinoids um, sort of act like you know, when Popeye would eat spinach and then he would get, you know, really strong, yeah. it kind of just powers it up. Yeah. Another way to think of it, if, if Popeye wasn't your thing, is if Super Mario and he gets, you know, gets that mushroom and then he gets bigger. Yeah. yeah. That, that's really, uh, you know, that's actually the most scientific way for me to describe. How, I love it. CBD. I love a good analogy. How, that's how CBD works, but, but it's, it's about, um, you know, fueling those those receptors in that system to really do its job to restore and maintain balance. So you don't need it, but again, humans have been using it um, for pretty much all of human history until, until the 1930s. Yeah. Um, I would like to jump into a few of the, your product lines. So do you, you talked about pleasure, you talked about endometriosis. What are some of the products available and can our customers buy these by the way? Cause I know you sell in pharmaceutical, like, um, pharmacies, um, but yes. it's direct to consumer as well. Our pharmacy line is very newly available, uh, online. So you, oh. there is a purchase option. And again, that's our professional line. So that's anandaprofessional.com. Um, and if it's okay, can I share that we are going to, we have put up a Femtech promo code. So if any of you guys are interested, you can visit anandaprofessional.com and get 20% off by entering Femtech. Woo! Go, yeah. go listeners. You guys get yeah. all the good stuff, really, listening to the show. <laughs> so what are some of the things that they can maybe find in there? Okay. Um, they can find everything from skincare, which I mentioned earlier, ingestibles. Um, but when we really talk about women's health, there are three products in our Bliss Clinical line. Mm -hmm. And the flagship one is our Intimate Oil. So think of that as... Uh, recreational, it's federally legal. You can order it in any state, but um, that is really for increasing pleasure. That's to have 
more orgasms, more powerful, easier to achieve, to enjoy sex more, um, to just put it bluntly. And then the other two are going to be more um, therapeutic. Mm -hmm. So one is our endo relief cream. That's really, really concentrated. It's intravaginal. Um, and it's for those days where you're curled up in a ball in pain, um, mm -hmm. from anything from menstrual cramps, endometriosis, or even, um, you know, some, some postmenopausal pain and atrophy and dryness. And then we have sort of our middle of the road. That's our flora balancing gel. Um, that is a really nice option for someone who may be prone to issues from, uh, flora imbalances. So people who are really prone to things like BV and yeast, um, people who maybe want to get the benefits of a little bit of pain relief during sex, uh, but they don't want anything that's oil-based because they're using latex condoms. Um, this is water-based um, and has some nice prebiotics to uh, restore that balance of the good flora. Um, and it's just uh, like refreshing. And I think you and I, even when, when we met, we both agree, you don't need to put anything in your vagina. <laughs> yeah, I was need like, to be uh, Dr. Alex, uh, you understand that you can leave the vagina alone, right? And you're like, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> and, but this is, this is helpful for like redensifying the tissue for restoring that balance. Again, has a little bit of stimulation, uh, but not as much as the intimate oil. and. Also, um, you know, I think you said it's like an eyeball. You don't need to wash yeah. your eyeball. And I yeah. love that. I always said it's like a self-cleaning oven. Um, but, you know, I also have learned a hard lesson that not everybody feels that way. And they're just, they're just going to use feminine hygiene products that aren't good for them, regardless of how much you tell them it's not, it, they don't need it. So this is at least an option for like harm reduction within that space, certainly as other applications, but harm, I would think of it as, as harm reduction. If you just really have to use a feminine hygiene product, at least use one that's uh, not going to hurt and is going to help. Yeah. How does cannabinoids increase pleasure? Is there like cannabinoid receptors on the clitoris or like, how does that? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Um, yes. well, in, <laughs> like, yes. do we even know how that works or like we, someone um, a little bit. down there so and they were like, Woof. there's, there's a, there's a number of mechanisms of action. So okay. one is it's a little bit of a vasodilator. So it's going to open up those blood vessels, allow that blood flow, allow increased sensitivity. Um, and then it also helps to increase, uh, nitric oxide, which is basically how Viagra works, uh, which is going to increase that blood flow. And then, you know, I think that there's some bits that we don't understand. So when someone achieves orgasm, they actually have a huge flood of their endogenous cannabinoids in their brain. So it's that brain-body connection. And when you sort of power up the endocannabinoid system, you increase your circulating levels of endogenous cannabinoids, which you need to achieve orgasm. So it's just going to get you there faster and easier because you're, you're starting with a fuller tank. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and as ladies, we know, like you got to work up to it. So, mm -hmm. so yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, um, it just, the, the curve is, I don't know, I guess not steeper. It'd be easier to achieve. 
<laughs> you got to add start on it, right? Mm, yeah. Exactly. Um, and I then- think there's probably a component too of, of sort of calming and being in the moment and being less distracted. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's, you know, a little bit more vague, but I, I think that's part of it as well. And there's a study that shows that um, about 400 women, if they used cannabinoids before sex, they were more than twice as likely to have a satisfactory <laughs> orgasm. Wow. Yeah. So that, and they were having increased lubrication, increased pleasure, decreased pain. So why not? Go CBD. Love it. We love it. Um, And then you have your endo product line, which you said is for pain and endometriosis. And so is that like blocking pain receptors and can it get past the cervix? Cause we know FM Tech Focus, and if y'all don't know this, check out the episode Vaginas 101, where we went through the anatomy of the uterus and the vagina, and we learned that the cervix is kind of like this uh, bottle cap at the edge, at the base of the uterus, right? And so do your creams go past that, or how does that No, work? it's it's not going through the eyes of, of the cervix, but it's intravaginal delivery. So I actually think that's a really underutilized delivery system, whether it's for drugs or supplements, um, because the vaginal mucosa is going to increase bioavailability. If you're targeting those organs that are right there, it's going to get right to it and it's going to bypass the liver, what's called first pass metabolism. So it's easier on your body. It's more targeted. So that cream and, and really all of these products are going intravaginally through the mucosa, but not through the cervix. Um, and it's just to get rapid onset, direct relief, um, and uptake where you need it most. And then you said your third product was about your, your flora. And so my question for that is interesting because we've been so far talking about the receptors on the, you know, like uterine wall lining, I guess, right. And the vaginal wall, like it's a human's receptors, right. The woman's receptors, but is the vaginal flora actually affecting the bacteria's receptors or is it still the woman's? Is the vaginal flora affecting the bacteria's receptors? Oh, the cannabinoids. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, not that we know of. So the flora balancing gel, the way that the vaginal microflora is balanced with that is not because of the CBD. Um, it's because of the prebiotic from chicory root. So you get the other benefits of CBD with this, but it, then it also has this other performance oh. ingredient um, just to increase the efficacy and, and why people would use it and, and you know, to offer something in that, in that harm reduction space as well. Interesting. So Jason and I actually had a debate on our drive home from the conference where we heard you because I was like, if CBD affects everything, wouldn't it be affecting the growth of the of the yeast and the bacteria? And he was like, I don't know, actually, that's, you know, so. I mean, if it does, we, I don't know about that yet. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're all anybody does. But no, it's really, I mean, if you keep uh, your body and ideal homeostasis and balance and you reduce that inflammation, then you're going to keep an environment that is basically going to keep itself help, healthier longer, right? Sure. Um, but as far as actually affecting the vaginal microflora, I don't think CBD does anything. It's the other, it's the other ingredient. Got it. Got it. Got it. Um, 
What do you think is the future of women's health and CBD? So I think that you've touched on some really important ones like sexual wellness and um, endometrial pain, um, vaginal flora. Is there other areas like fertility maybe or breast cancer or autoimmune that disproportionately affects women? What are, what's the future of women's health and CBD? Um, interestingly, we actually have a phase two clinical trial right now looking at chemotherapy induced peripheral neuropathy in breast cancer patients, but also in ovarian endometrial and um, colon cancer patients. So I think that's very important for quality of life and ability to tolerate chemo and, and to not be left with, you know, these debilitating pain syndromes. There's quite a lot of research. I'm sorry. Can you remind our listeners what is neuropathy? So um, think about pain in your fingers and toes that then can spread up your limbs. It's like often tingling, burning, um, and that can be a result of chemotherapy. Um, and is actually the chemotherapy agents typically used in breast and gynecological cancers are really big culprits of causing that. Okay, okay. got it. And so that's one area, certainly. But, and as far as fertility, we know that the endocannabinoid system plays a role in fertility and even, you know, ovulation and implantation and all of that. I don't think we've really, uh, we're not as far along on, on its, how to modulate it with cannabinoids yet. Um, but two areas I'm so excited about are endometriosis mm -hmm. and gynecological cancers, not just the potential for neuropathy associated with treatment, but the actual disease itself. So we're doing research right now with um, a university in Australia, and we are looking at not only the pain associated with something like endometriosis, but the actual growth of the lesions, because we really don't have good treatments. We, we just don't. Um, and it's, it's a debilitating disease that is uh, underdiagnosed, underrecognized, underfunded. You know, this All is your, your wheelhouse, right? <laughs> um, so yes, we want to improve quality of life and improve the symptoms, but we actually want to do something about the disease itself. Um, and the results are pretty overwhelming in how well it works um, to the point where we're expanding this for several more years. And uh, the head scientist in Australia, it's his lab. He told me he'd become a convert because he didn't expect anything to do anything. That's uh, a CBD good to do scientist. anything. Mm -hmm. You have to go in real neutral. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, I didn't, I didn't think there was a problem with it, but I didn't think it actually did anything. And now he's like, whoa. Um, and we've expanded that to look at, you know, gynecological cancers that are very aggressive. Um, difficult to diagnose because we don't do screenings for them, you know, endometrial cancer, ovarian cancer. Um, and those results, it's very, very early, um, but we're really, really excited about it. And um, yeah, we've expanded that research as well. It makes a lot of sense. So I don't want to make false promises and tell you that CBD is going to, to cure your ovarian cancer. Um, but you should know that there's uh, really excited, exciting research that's about to emerge yeah. there. Um, oh, awesome. Yeah. So I, I think that's huge. I, I mean, endometriosis was my first focus 
And then when we expanded to different gynecological disorders, um, yeah, we're both sort of jaws on the floor right now in the last 12 months. Incredible. And I just want to kind of clarify something here, because if it's in my brain, it's in some listeners' brains as well. Okay. Could, uh, you know, I've seen your products. I'm, you know, Jason brings home samples and I've given out to my girlfriends. And I, so it's very, um, it looks very clinical, professional, medical grade, you know, like treat CBD infused treatment for whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there might be some people listening being like, uh, if I smoke marijuana, does that also do these things or no? Or like, does it need to be highly concentrated CBD from a laboratory with special formulation for it to work? Um, It depends on what you're using it for. But for what I just mentioned, um, no smoking, it would not have the same effects because it's, it gets into your bloodstream differently. It it circulates differently. Um, So we're really looking at intravaginal delivery for that. Um, Yeah. So, so intravaginal, which is, you know, (laughs) different than smoking. (laughs) Um, I have some weird weed jokes in my head right now about (laughs) how you you get it up there. But anyways, um, uh, okay, good. Just to clarify, you know, just to clarify that that's awesome. So, um, what are, um, I guess, uh, one last question about CBD and, and where you're at, is there a lot of people working in the space or are, do you feel like, are you the CBD queen? Like what is, mm. how many labs are actually working on this stuff? And the reason I ask is because I, I meet founders every single day and I've recently seen an uptick in the number of founders saying, I want to start a CBD product line for women's health in whatever area that is. Is mm-hmm. this, is this like this, the wave is coming? you know, and like, what should we watch out for? Mm, Yes. I think the wave is coming. Um, I think you should watch out for uh, products that are maybe really well marketed, but don't have great quality control or transparency or for those products that are gimmicky. So if, if, you know, it's a product that you didn't expect CBD to be in it and you think, you know, you might not think that CBD should be in a suppository, but then hopefully you hear me talk and you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Uh If you don't think it should be in, you know, your mascara, ask why it's in there. Um, And hopefully they can answer. But, you know, there aren't a lot of people doing what I do. So there's a lot of people wanting to start CBD brands. um, And I think definitely focused on women's health is, is a new wave that's coming. And that's great. But you know, they need someone to manufacture, they need someone to grow, they need someone to test it. Um, And they're typically not doing that. Uh, We are vertically integrated. So we actually put the seeds in the ground and give the finished product. So we we do have full traceability. Um, And then on the other hand, you have, you know, big pharmaceutical companies who are doing their research um, behind closed doors. And, you know, maybe down the line, they'll have something for, you know, a very specific indication. So there's not really a lot of people in the middle. And I think I'm in the middle that, yes, these are commercially available products that are affordable to the everyday consumer. They're, um, you know, quality and backed by science. And I'm doing clinical trials, but I'm not doing them um, for for a large pharmaceutical company. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, that's something that sets us apart. Yeah, definitely. If a, if a founder wants to start a CBD product line, would it be wise for them to just approach an eco fiber and say, Hey, 
here's my personal expertise and I want to build this. Like, do you guys license out or I'm just asking for the founders? We do. Um, you know, we're selective, Mm uh, with who we work with just because we are so compliant that we don't want, um, to have partners who may break some of the rules and, and then that's kind of, uh, linking us to bad apples, whether it's intended or not. Um, but yeah, actually our head of R and D, our VP of R and D is fantastic. And she came from Dermalogica. Um, and she and I work on product development together for, you know, certainly our own line, but for other people who want to start a line and then we're able to help them with that and formulate and manufacture. So cool. Alex, this has been so much fun. I have two last questions for you that our listeners love. The first one is we have a lot of aspiring or early stage founders that listen. So what is an area in women's health that you think still needs innovating? Mm, endometriosis, just to hammer that one. It really does. The diagnosis you know, of, it, it, of it. Both. You know, at least one in 10 women have endometriosis at least one. And it's associated with, um, you know, you'll read statistics that are like 27% of infertility cases, but most people I talk to think it's even higher. Um, so getting that diagnosis, honestly, when a woman finally gets it after they've been suffering for so long, I think it's, you know, it just legitimizes what they've been through. Um, and then they can start to tackle it. So we need better, you know, diagnosis certainly, but also better treatment. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I'm diagnosed. Well, what do I do? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, kind of going hand in hand with that, infertility. I mean, it we have really barely scratched the surface with infertility. You know, there's it it's wild. Yeah. Um, what it's we don't so know. Interesting you say that because I am I'm co- pretty often on the bandwagon of I don't want to see another fertility concierge app. I don't want to see another fertility, this fertility, that, you know, we did a lot of research on uh, the femtech landscape and found that fertility is one of the top three most innovated in spaces. And yet it is not solved at all. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I actually just visited a friend up in Boston. We did our PhDs in genetics together. We were in the same laboratory and he, you know, he said, oh, um, you know, my wife's pregnant. And, and I was like, that's great. He goes, yeah, we had to do three rounds of IVF. The science and IVF is retarded. And we actually know, like he probably asked scientific questions based on mm-hmm. our own genetic engineering PhDs, yep. you know? And he was like, it was like archaic. He was like, I couldn't believe it. We spent so oh. much money and it was three cycles and she finally got pregnant, but it was crazy. And you know, I, all day long, I'm like, ah, fertility again. And then I meet a real life person and I'm like, okay, yeah, we still have so much work to do. (laughs) We have so much work. I mean, I experienced it firsthand and it was uh, eye-opening how little we know. And, you know, I did everything from like the MTHFR test. I am homogenous. I've got two copies of that mutation. Um, And I also have endometriosis, but still everything was just unexplained. Um, and there's just, there's so much, we don't know it's becoming, you know, more and more of a problem. And then you have these tests that you're talking about, you know, these concierge apps or whatever. I I even tested my own, uh, blood when I used to work in the hospital and I, I did, uh, this one test and it said I had like basically no ovarian reserve that I was, you know, 
in early menopause. I think I was like 31 when I did this. I'm devastated, all of this stuff. And actually that test is really unreliable for a number of reasons. And I had to really dig deep into the science to learn that. And then, you know, I tested again and it was perfectly fine. And that was not a problem for me. But I, I think that we're giving too much bang for the buck with some of those tests. We're saying, hey, we can reassure you that your fertility is here or we can sound the alarm. But it, it, the science really isn't there yet. And, it, and it's not really fair to the consumer. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, we could talk all, and we do talk all day <laughs> yeah. about fertility nurses, <laughs> but the bottom line, um, and it kind of leads into our next question, which is that, uh, you know, the bottom line is that we need more research. We need more women's health research. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but our last question is what do you think the women's health industry needs the most right now in order to be successful? Yeah. Act research, not, you know, market research, but clinical research. Mm-hmm. And I think it's on our minds more than ever is including women in clinical trials, mm-hmm. um, including women, pregnant women, uh, you know, lactating women in clinical trials, and also looking at outcomes. Like, does this affect the menstrual cycle? Does this new product, this new whatever, affect menstruation, fertility? I mean, measuring those variables up front as opposed to going back and saying, oh, let me look. Oh, actually, we don't know. Hold on. You know, mm-hmm. we want answers. We want informed consent. Yeah, that's right. Oh, how, if you can answer this, how have your clinical trials been funded? Because one of the big issues is the lack of grant funding, but you're saying the laboratories in Australia, so maybe it's different. Well, um, that one is actually funded by Ecofiber. Um, So they, yes. And as we expand, um, I'm sure we'll identify partners and other trials are also funded by Ecofiber. But what's interesting is we made it sustainable. So this I think is important for entrepreneurs as well. Um, so we pursued what's called an IND from the FDA to authorize us to use our products in these trials. It's a lot of work, a lot of hurdles. Um, and we started our own research, but now researchers are coming to us and they're saying, well, you've done this. I actually have a grant from the NIH can I, can you work with me and help me? And can I use your products in my research? Yeah. And we're saying, great, because then it's sustainable. We don't have to keep investing money, but we are getting more data on our products and we're, um, you know, collaborating with a lot of scientists across yeah. the world. And you're providing scientists a head start in their research by saying, yeah. hey, here's the formulations, here's the baseline chemicals you should use mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. So it's really a win-win, you know, we help them with that and we've sort of done all of that up front and then they give us data on our products and um, we get to be the the CBD company researchers are using with NIH grants. So cool. I feel so lucky. I got a hold of you to be on the show. Shout out to Jason for bringing me to the conference. (laughs) (laughs) I just remember slowly lowering my laptop cover when you started talking about the uterus and I was like, oh, oh, I'm (laughs) in now what's happening um thanks so much for your time today really amazing discussion you're doing such important work for women's health and we appreciate it thank you thanks for having me it's been so fun thank you for listening to my interview with dr alex capano the chief scientific officer of ecofiber be sure to check out these badass products at anandaprofessional.com that's ananda A-N-A-N-D-A professional.com. 
Alrighty, Fem fans, be sure to give the show a five-star review and share it with a friend. Join our virtual community at femtechfocus.org and join the thousands of other femtech founders, investors, and mentors advancing women's health. While in the virtual community, sign up to be a Fem Pro member for only $10 a month. This gives you access to the Femtech Institute, a library of Femtech and startup lessons that are there to help you advance your startup and teach you more about the industry. Keep an eye out for our monthly Femtech book club and subscribe to our newsletter. Last but not least, please consider setting up a recurring donation of Femtech Focus. We are a 501c3 nonprofit and we rely on your donations to operate. Okay, Fem fans, until next time, keep innovating because improving women's health and wellness improves everyone's health and wellness. 